Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Talking in Stations. I'm your host, Rain, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Arcia. And hey, we also have... I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. And then we also have Nick Bison here doing engineering in the background. And mining with the grazing with the herd. And apparently he's also playing the game, so he's multiboxing the stream and the game. We have two guests here that are going to talk us through the Amar, the Amar Mimitar Faction Warfare scenario. So we have Aldrith and Harkon, if they want to introduce themselves. Aldrith? Hi there, I'm Aldrith Shutak. I've been in the Amar Militia ever since just before Fact War came out. I've only really been active in helping to command the, the Amar Militia the last a, uh, a major kind of RP arc started in the war zone, and since then I've been also, you know, kind of on and off. But things are heating up again, and I've been uh, commanding and excited about uh, telling you guys all about it. Nice, thank you. And then Harkon. Hello, I'm Harkon Torson. I'm the CEO of Roms and the Alliance leader of Ushrakan. I'm in the game not as long as the old fart, but. Uh, like 2013, I think I started, and I joined Faction Warfare proper in 2014, and have been active in in the militia since then. Really. Okay, thank you. So our first topic of the evening, the evening of the morning, is going to be around Faction Warfare. So, like I kind of introduced before, but I haven't been in Faction Warfare for quite some time. I used to PvP there, so instead I'm going to pass it over to Arcia, who is our fa local Faction Warfare pro. And she's going to walk us through the, the background. All right. So t today we have these two veterans on to talk about kind of the history of the war zone and their takes on it. So I'm pretty much going to quickly turn over the floor to, to them. I think the first point to talk about is to, to tell us about when you came into the militia. What was it like for Aldrith at the beginning and then Harkon? came in at 2013. I started Militia in 2012 myself. So what was it like in the beginning, Aldrith, when Faction Warfare first came out? Uh, yes. In the beginning... Okay, so in the beginning, I was only two weeks old as a, as a player of EVE. So, and I didn't actually get directly into Faction War until I think it was maybe a month or two going in. So I had no idea what was actually going on. But I do remember that the Mimitar were winning quite early on. I think they outnumbered the Amar quite considerably that early. And then I think about maybe a year or two in, I was kind of getting familiar with how to PvP and actually fit ships. And there was a huge battle in Camilla between Star Fraction, which was siding with the Mimitar at the time, and by then, the established Amar Militia um, the Corps. And uh, I was with Pi at that time in my first stint in it, and it was a massive battle, my first like, actually huge battle that I had seen, and Amar ended up being the victors in uh, taking down the Star Fraction Started base back then, the bubble thing? Yeah, the tower. Yeah, they, they dropped carriers and the Amar just overwhelmed them with battleships. Yeah, so it, it was pretty happening back in the very, very beginning. There were very frequent battleship fights 
up until I until around when they introduced the tier system and the LP rewards for completing plexes. Because back then it wasn't really about taking systems. Nobody cared because there were no benefits. It was just paper kind of technicality. And the only thing that was going on basically was the two militias just ramming their ships into each other constantly. Battleships on battleships on gates and things like that rather than inside plexes. And then everything kind of shifted once the the tier system and the LP rewards started being put in. And the emphasis became more about uh, the smaller ships that could fit into the uh, the plexes. But still, for a long while, players didn't generally care that much about uh, system occupancy until eventually there was uh, station lockouts. People kind of did care about keeping the systems just where they lived then citadels came out then it didn't matter so much again anymore and then uh about three years ago when ccp delegate zero started i think you're getting ahead of yourself because uh, oh, we were talking you were just talking about when you first came in right oh yeah, yeah. i was yeah. going through the whole yeah, yeah. Kind of rundown of the my entire time in don't don't worry about that we're, we're going through this whole journey together I want to okay, let gotcha. Harkon get a chance to tell, talk about the militia when he joined. So, Harkon, do you want to take that away? Sure. So, as I said, I started in 2013, so that was when Faction Warfare was already around for quite some time. And um, I didn't start out as a PvP player. I didn't start out as, as a Faction Warfare player. I, I actually did exploration and scanning down data sites and whatnot and a friend of mine really wanted to join Minmata Militia and was okay let's try this out so I dipped my toe into it 2013 for like a month or something and I felt overwhelmed by by the fights by the intensity and I was like ah maybe maybe that's not my kind of game and I went back to exploring but the Amar were on the upside when I started, at least they were taking systems and they took Las Lenoir, which was the system where I was doing all the scanning usually. And that kind of brought me to the point where I was like, okay, uh, they're all around here. Maybe I should join Faction Warfare. And then I joined up with the player, my first player corporation, Minmata Secret Service, which I'm still in. And we started fighting over Plexus and the war zone. And, um, it was 2014. In 2014, if I remember correctly, the famous Burn Hula campaign took place. And of the system of Hula, where a lot of the established Minmata militia groups had staged and lived for a pretty long time. And while that siege in of itself didn't succeed, so the Amar were, were pushed off, the Minmata won, it burned out a lot of people. And a lot of groups of the Minmata militia left after that. So there was somewhat of a big exodus. And all of a sudden, the war zone was kind of clear of bigger Minmata organized groups. And our little corporation in the end of the war zone was one of the last groups that were still somewhat, well, I wouldn't say organized, but doing something. And so one of my first experience was that at the end of 2014, I think it was December, the Amar took the whole war zone drove us out of our home system, Ivati. I remember warping 10 treasures to an IHUB where there was like 100 Amar and trying to kill one. So that was my faction warfare, more or less, like the downfall of the Mimata militia. So you mentioned the first time the Amar took the whole war zone, but that is an interesting story in itself. 
because the Amara pushed down to one system remaining, which was Satogus. And then they opened up a front, a second front, I believe, and came back from one system. It was actually, it's like actually a pretty crazy story. But you mentioned Bernhula happened a little bit before that. And you mentioned your son Bernhula, so Aldrith. Do you remember Bernhula, the first? Just barely. I remember Anslow, <laughs> who was. Oh, um, God. That's why yeah. I'm still negative 10 with the scope. Yeah, exactly. So he had started uh, a little coalition of people in the MPC Corp, the scope, because that's the default. Yeah, they used to go around screaming, the scope, you can't cope. Right. Yeah. So I remember he was supporting the Mimitar during it and being real annoying about it, too. <laughs> but it was pretty funny. Yeah, he he was leading people in the NPC Corp, the scope, for all these, you know, corpless Galente characters and just like eating them around in, in thrashers and catalysts and stuff like that or something. I didn't really take part in Burn Hoola so much. I kind of dip my toes into it now and then, but uh, I wasn't super active in leading or FCing back then. So I was just kind of an F1 monkey. And really, I was more about also just soloing around in, in certain systems with my slicer and things like that. So I have only dim memories. I just remember it lasted maybe a couple weeks or something, maybe. And then Mar burnt out. And then we're like, yeah, never mind. <laughs> Do you remember the last stand of? I think I took part of that, too. But I've been in Faction War for so long and only dimly aware of what was going on for most of it that it's all kind of a blur i just i remember some big events but since i wasn't super involved with them at that time it's hard to tell for me to say what was going on i was probably in those fleets i was probably mashing f1 but i forget who was commanding i forget who was who were the driving forces and all that so yeah there's a there's a question came out of chat oh it's from me that number of folks curious about the scale that we're talking because we're looking at the map and we see the whole war zone and overall people have this impression that it's small scale because we always hear about the big nulls where there's a thousand on each side what are we talking about here in the faction war size are so the some of the fights we're talking about from years ago were a little bigger than they are now i think even though i think now the ships use are kind of more significant but compa like compared to Null, it's smaller, but that's because Null has like multiple full-size fleets. Every so often, there is like a big tie-dye fight in the War Zone, but it usually involves like the War Zone uniting against the pirate group. Like, there's like, for example, the time I saw a full, full fleet was like the War Zone and RC, RC against like Snuff for some, some timer. But like the militia versus militia fights, you can see like, what would you say these days? Like 30 people in a fleet? In primetime, 30 people is is some of a of a normal thing, I'd say. Peaks in the last years, I mean, if you're in a fleet of 50, that's kind of a big thing. If we're talking factual warfare content, not... Yeah, we're, we're not talking about, like, the pirates come along and and everybody unites against the pirates, because then we can actually get a like a relatively big fight. I'm talking about like faction warfare versus faction warfare. Then yeah, I mean, 50 in a fleet, I'm pretty sure the Amar, if they go for, for timers, they get 60 plus. 
I don't know, maybe we could pull that as well. But in when it comes to Plex fighting, the actual faction wolf, I'd say 30 is a good number. Then there's a lot of action going on. If both sides have, have about 30 pilots in, then that's a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's time. So like, depending on when you're fighting and where you're fighting, as, uh, it can be it can be much smaller. It can be like 5 versus 5. It can be like 10 versus 10. Uh, as for um, the scope, I, I did a search on Zekiel. I linked it in the uh, podcast channel for the kills in Bernhula. There was, as far as I could tell, I, the funny thing is I was actually on vacation for that time. So when I, I basically went on vacation, everything was fine. I came back and that had happened. It looks like it's about... Uh, bit more than 8,000 kills in like a week and 172 billion killed in that Bernhula thing. What I mostly remember from after Bernhula during like the whole Zatogus chapter was we, we had to fall back from Arzad to Zatogus because Arzad got taken again. Starkman. Starkman. Starkman got taken again. For those that don't know, the Minmatar name for the system is Starkman. And the Amar name is Arzad, and that becomes a point of contention. The game lit as Arzad because the Amar is currently in Devoid, but it is the home system of the Stark Minear tribe with the name Starkman for the Minotaur. The, that tribe, too, that was featured in the, you know, when they were doing the events for each race? Yeah, that was, it, it that was, was one of those tribes, right? Yeah, it's one of the seven tribes, it's the Minotaur. They were thought to be extinct uh, they, because, like, the Amar basically genocided them in Starkman. And then they found out that there were still some Starkmanir in the Amatar Mandate living as slaves. The Elder Fleet was assembled in secret secrecy and it invaded to get those people back and bring back this tribe from the brink of brink of death basically and that is kind of what kicked off the faction warfare story-wise on the Minmatar Amar side with the Elder Fleet going into uh, Amar space tearing tearing their way all the way to Serum Prime where uh, Empress Jamel before she was Empress reappeared after having believed to have died from losing the Amar tournament and committing the ritual suicide she reappeared with a super weapon and pushed the fleet back and chased them all the way to Azara she was she ascended to Empress at that time and faction warfare began. Interesting. And yeah, the Stark Minear were brought back to the Republic successfully and exist as a as a small tribe today. And yes, you could side with them during the tribal liberation games. Awesome, thank you. Anyway, we were talking about what I remember about Satogus is we got pushed back to Satogus. And there were a lot of fights back then, like a hundred coercers versus like a hundred thrashers and it was just really stupid because like all those i might be exaggerating but it was like a lot of destroyers on field and like six would come out alive and i, I remember just looking at satogus being like forget this and like going to try to help help open the other fronts when i was on though i was a lot more of a casual player back then compared to what i am now i think Anyway, after after the whole coming back from Satokas, Amara got total war zone control. And what was it like directly after the Amara got total war zone control? We'll start with Aldrith, if you remember. That would be beginning of 2015 then. Yeah, like 2015. Aldrith, do you want to chime in? 
is his mic dead? Do you want to talk about a hurricane? Well, I'll just. I can. I mean, yeah. yeah. So yeah, like I said, we we experienced Hello? the fall. Oh, yes. Now. Yes. Back. Cool. All right. Okay, Let me try to get my headset back in one second. All right. Go go ahead, Harkon. Okay. So we experienced the loss of our home system in Ivati, and then the total war zone control of the Amar. And uh, yeah, we kind of rebuilt from there. As I said, a lot of the bigger organized groups had left, so it was up to mostly young players that just joined Faction Warfare to kind of rebuild the whole thing. That's when I started to actually FC, or what I call it. I mean, I, I just tried to organize the, the five, six people that we had to shoot at least at the same target. And uh, yeah, that's where Shrakan joined uh, Faction Warfare back then, and I, if I remember correctly, and we joined them a bit later, but it was basically a phase where we, we retook Bosburger, I think, as the first and held it ever since to like last year, where the Amar took the war zone for the second time. And we just started recruiting. We started learning the game for those people that had just started and, and were trying to figure out how this whole fiction warfare thing is going. Yeah, that was 2015. Nothing nothing really important, at least from our perspective, happened other than we rebuilt Shokan Joint Faction Warfare. And then, yeah. I think a good thing to describe to some of the people watching is what a faction warfare, like a, a system siege in faction warfare looks like. Because it's very different from going after a system in Sovnal. Do, do you want to go, Aldrith? Uh, yeah. Talk about what a siege looks though, like? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, we can hear you. Okay, yeah. Okay, so just um, real fast, returning to, to scale in Faction War, it could actually, we do, now we're getting up to like, you know, 60 to even 100 people when we're, we're taking on pirates as well. And that can happen also in militia and militia fights over structures and, uh, and system sieges when it gets really intense. Uh, so... Back on system sieges. So basically, the way faction warfare is set up is that you have to take these cosmic anomaly sites that are already pre-probed, basically, and you just warp straight to them. There's four types plus another, and they each filter with an acceleration gate ship sizes. So you have novice complexes, which have a timer of 10 minutes, that will only allow Tech 1 frigates. Then you have small complexes, which have a timer of 15 minutes, and let Tech 2 destroyer in down. Mediums that have 20 minutes uh, timer, and uh, let Tech 2 cruisers in down. And then opens that let pretty much everything in without an acceleration gate. When you, you, when you say timer, when you say timer, well, break that down because I'm not a faction war guy. So that means that spot, I got to complete it, it despawns, what happens? So Yes, yeah, so it's basically like a little kind of king of the hill game. So within 30 kilometers of a certain point within this kind of dead space pocket is an area where a militia person is in it, it counts down a timer. If that timer reaches zero for that, it basically puts uh, 0.7% uh, of people onto the system. So basically, one side needs to consecutively complete 150 complexes 
to bring the system to a vulnerable state, then you can shoot the iHub and flip the system to your side. So and if you're in an enemy system, you have to kill a little NPC intermittently. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's just like a mechanism yeah, to uh, prevent no guns farming. Yeah. yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's negligible in PvP and that's the point of it. Because yeah, it does supposed like no to be the it's supposed to be the fighter the, the, the players who are fighting over this, not uh, us, you know, fighting the NPC. It's just to prevent farming pretty much. But because of this, because there's terrain added to the PvP, you have to basically do a lot of logistics and a lot of kind of theory crafting into basically fighting inside of these complexes. So you need a, co a comp that's only tech one frigates for the novices. You need uh, several or different kinds of co uh, comps for smalls with like tech two destroyers and logistics and all this. Same thing with the cruisers and then bigger for the larger complexes. So it's a lot it's a much different metagame than anywhere else in EVE where there's a niche for basically any kind of skill set. You don't see mutants. Yeah, yeah, because the mutants are... Rich, rich. Yeah. <laughs> They're... Oh, really? Really, Harkon? Okay, cool. I mean, I've um, seen mutants in Faction Warfare. We shrek them with prophecies because they didn't have enough to volley. Yeah, yeah, because you don't. you generally don't get the the critical mass actually makes it a lot more interesting because it's not just F1. Well, the only alpha doctrines you sometimes see are tornadoes and TFIs because they, yeah. they hit harder than a mutant. You need less people. Yeah. We, we did like, the cruise foons on some of the structure fights too. Uh, alpha, alpha cruise foons. Mm -hmm. yeah. So you do see so, them sometimes, mutants. <laughs> it's yeah. not eagles. So anyway, so the kind of combat that happens in a system siege is that you're throwing ships into these various complexes as they spawn and despawn. So it's a 30-minute timer between one is captured and the next one will spawn of that size. So you're constantly having to adapt and reship and make tactical and strategic decisions on, okay, this complex is going to be spawning next, let's ship it to that ahead of time so we're in there first because our comp does better if, it's, if, if we're in there first as opposed to, you know, okay, they're in, we they we know what they have in there, we can use this to break through, et cetera, et cetera. So there's a lot of reshipping, uh, a lot of dying, <laughs> and uh, a lot of, you know, having to be dynamic and on your toes, and it's constant, constant PvP action. It's not like a timer where it's just one fight and then you go home. It's, you're always doing it. People have to rotate in and out because you're doing it all day, you know. You need several FCs, but otherwise you burn out. It's it, it gets really crazy, and then you can rack up hundreds of kills in a single few hours, depending on how intense it is. You want anything to add, Harkon, about sieges? Yeah, I mean, yeah, basically, if a siege works uh, the way intended, and both sides are actually interested in that system and fight for it, then that is exactly what happens. You have all those three ships. Maybe an important point. I'm not sure if it was mentioned or if I missed it, but with all the plexes but the but the open, you have an acceleration gate and you have a point where you land. So whoever is in the plex knows where the enemy fleets will land. And that is somewhat of an important thing as well to consider, right? Because you can set up inside, you can prepare. And as for the, the Alpha Doctrines, if we're going up to cruisers, then until you reach the point of the cruisers, Alpha Doctrines actually kind of work because you can have like 
40 treasures in a, in, a, in a small plex and whatever ship comes in is going to have a hard time tanking the alpha of, of 40 treasures if you have 40 treasures so it i find it a very interesting environment because it allows for exactly what Aldris just described you basically you can log in if there's a fleet running you can join the fleet you can hop in you can fight over one two three plexes and then you can technically log off again after an hour or maybe even half an hour or you stay on 10 hours whatever if if the siege really works and it is the kind of content that both sides are looking for and both sides are investing in it as in committing their forces and their their assets to it then that is what what is the the peak of faction warfare for me at least this nearly constant fighting constant reships and just non-stop pew pew and explosions and obviously and that's maybe maybe interesting for the for the history of faction warfare when we're talking about the sieges like bernwola and and all that came before the citadels you couldn't actually dock them that you were sieging the best thing you could have was a pos where you had the the ships in the pos to reship but other than that you always had to do that one jump and that is a big advantage for the for the defender because having that one jump means that if you are in a plex and you're fighting 100 treasures against 100 cursors your people will be way back before the others in their new cursors than the others in their treasures if they have to go next door to clarify what Harkam's referring to is in faction warfare, if the other side controls a system, uh, you can't dock at the stations in that system. It's one of the the benefits to system control. So if like you're in Min Mill and you're in a system controlled by MR, the station will tell you to get out of here, right? Yeah, basically. And that, that kind of necessitates the role of structures in faction war so if you want to siege a system and you want to be effective or at least fighting on equal terms with your enemy you need to be able to maintain a, a citadel in that in that system so you can't Otherwise, tether if you're in a hostile yeah. system you can't tether but that, that's that's yeah. usually not a big deal i mean yeah they can camp it's just something to mention citadel. right because yeah. it sometimes yeah. comes into it's play a, it's a small disadvantage but it's not huge so but there's always this one guy that loses something expensive because i forgot about it <laughs> yeah. Not tethering is pretty major for defenses, I think. For defending for the, the citadel. For the structure defense itself, yes, it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. And it so, adds just one ahead. last thing to that. It adds it adds to the, so basically if you wanna do a siege where you have a citadel in the enemy system, so you wanna have the advantage of reshipping the same system, then you have to escalate in quote marks defection warfare part to citadels as well so you have to be able to defend citadels you have to be able to remove citadels and that is that is something that at least my side has struggled somewhat but it is still an interesting thing so you would have if you wanted you can have defection warfare mechanics you can have those fights but you can also have structure fights mm -hmm. yeah and they so Sorry. what we just finished talking about before the tangent about about sieges is talked about the Amara taking uh, the war zone after falling to one system. But then we had a pair, we had a Minmatara come back not too far after that and take the war zone the first time for them. There was the, there was the whole the hashtag no metal thing going on because the first time each militia took the entire war zone, everybody in the militia got a medal. And tell me about the first time the Minmatara got that, Harkon. Well, 
it's it's a bit of a reputation of the of the Omar version. It, there was a few groups in Omar militia that left Omar militia while people Mimot burned out after taking the war zone. Yeah, yeah, and I mean you can understand that if that, that's the one goal, the you get that medal and you're like, wow, cool, we did it, and then it's just back to before where it's the usual grind if you want to yeah. call that. So while Minmil was rebuilding. Old groups rejoining, uh, Ushakan rebuilding, and whatnot. Amar was losing, losing, and that all culminated in I think it was June um, 2016 when we took the whole war zone, and I think we had a marathon of like 20 IHAP bashes in a row or something. Guitar, like I don't know if he slept at all. He he let those bashing fleets one after the other. It was it was insane. I think Shadowgas oh, was one of the Hmm? I said, oh, Jebby. It was kind of kind of intense, but it was, I think the last system where we had really resistance, if I remember correctly, was actually Shatogas, where a few of the Team America pilots had digged in and some other people. But it wasn't, it was somewhat of a reputation of the Amar was in control, where there was smaller groups trying to hold their systems and there wasn't that big culminating fight or something. It, yeah, it, it wasn't. Yeah legendary deed like we we beat them and then we took it but it was still for the minimata militia it was a big deal and most of the groups that were active back then it was hoplite brigade it was kill them all that uh, bob sought them out bionesis and ushra khan most of them merged after the metal uh, into ushra khan so we before we move on to what everybody wants to talk about and plus this one do you want to tell us about some of the groups in function ashra khan aldrith going back to his beginnings mentioned star fraction and pi do you want to tell us about some of the groups over the years up to including now yeah sure okay so i started faction war actually not in pi but i got serious in pi starting with leading small gangs of slicers back around 2009, yeah, a year or so after Faction War started. And that's how I learned how to PvP, is I was going around just solo or with a small gang of corp mates going around the war zone, you know, picking off plexers. Okay, but tell us about, about Pi. Uh, oh, old Pi, yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Pi is a really, really old role-playing corp. Amar, role corp. And uh, their rules are basically you can only fly Amar ships. And it's the oldest active corp in the game, I believe. Okay. Yes, oldest active corp. Yeah, still active. They're now out of Faction Human. War and in Kimi Harar. So they're... They're, they're, they're done with faction war <laughs> for the most part for now but yeah i i've been in i have been in pi cunerably for about 10 years and it was always a small they were they were never necessarily you know movers or pushers within a mar militia they kind of you know stayed separate from you know whatever drama was going on with the current mar leadership there's been um, a lot of wars in a mar militia over the years. Yeah, yeah. And Pi, for the most part, has stayed out of that, partly because, you know, they weren't really hands-on or involved. There have been individuals who were very involved with the militia. So, for example, that a Star Fraction 
fight that I said way in the early days. Uh, Star Fraction is? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Star Fraction. Yeah. Star Fraction was, they were a roleplay alliance. They were basically doing kind of like anarcho anarcho capitalists who were kind of Galente Mimitar leaning. And they're very against the Amar, uh, the Amar Empire and the Kaldari state for being, you know, oppressive. Uh, so they sided with the uh, Mimitar militia in the early days. And the main FC who fought against them in that fight was Garst Tyrell, who used to be uh, a member of Pi. And then he started No Mercy, uh, which began as the Amar militia corporation. And he went on to found Tri. So yeah, it's there's been individuals in Pi who have been very, very involved with militia. I got involved when Philosophy started and helped build to take the system. And then after that, I, I left, and now I'm in uh, Locals Primary. So yeah, uh, and then you, Arcia, you know, as, as, part, of Pi, uh, as part of Pi. Yeah, you I was in Pi doing, for a long time. Oh, yeah, yeah. Seven years, seven, eight years, I think? Something like that, yeah. Because I, yeah. I, I started the game in 2010. I joined Pi in 2000. Well, I joined Militia in 2012. I joined Pi in 2013, and I left in 2019. It was like six and a half, I think. Yeah, yeah, and you, you, your roams and streams from from Pi, and yeah, yeah, I, I, I did, mo- I did a lot of roaming. I, I yeah. did some sieges, and especially towards like the end. But, yeah, yeah. But I did a lot. Of, I did a lot of roaming, and just I liked the, the grinding ships for their part. <laughs> More yeah. than anything else, but, but yeah, let's go. Harkon, do you want to oh, talk well, about Usher? I mean, I, I wanted to talk a little bit on my current group, which is the All main right. alliance in Amar, uh, the Amar side of Faction War. All right, go ahead. Tell us yeah, about Locals they, Primary. So yeah, Locals Primary has been around for quite a long time, and they've uh, been led by some of the major pu- movers and pushers historically in Amar Militia. So I think it was founded by Tristan. The Kohana by McCall Vector, and he's our main FC. It's a very, very well-run organization. Lots of it's very organized. We have very solid comps, and we're very geared towards militia warfare and beyond. Uh, so yeah, it's a, it's it's solid, and I'd say at least on par with Ushakan, as uh, <laughs> which is led by uh, Harkon. So. That segue into Harkon. Tell us about Ashra Khan, old alliance there, oldest alliance, right? Correct. It's, uh, it's the oldest. But yeah, no. So maybe I'll, I'll do the same as, as Aldrith and start way back when there was other entities. Tell us about some entities. Obviously, I'm, I'm not an expert as I joined later, but before the whole exodus, there was a lot of, some, at least from my perspective back then, right? Very organized groups. The Iron Oxide Gang in Hula, the Hula Boys, as we called them. There was, I think, White Lotus, and they they were very established, but they basically collapsed, burned out after the whole Burn Hula thing, and maybe Shatogas Grad or whatever you call it, Shatograd. And so when when we really started rebuilding, there was like Hoplites Brigade, which was led by Agarasta back then, if I remember correctly. They were kind of the ones that knew how things were going, and we just tried to rebuild from from what we had. And so when Ushakan joined in 2014, and we joined, it basically from there to now, we have been 
I would say, a staple in Minmatar militia, especially after uh, the war zone control in 2016, where a lot of the other groups joined Ushra Khan. Besides of Ushra Khan, there is other groups. Most of them died a bit down over the years. At Wild Geese or Mackey's Raiders for a while, Smile and Wave is around. It's a Russian-speaking corporation, or oh, lines better. They are on and off. They are usually in the war zone and active, but their numbers seem to come in waves. Sometimes they're more active, sometimes they're less active, but they have been um, a staple as well. Recently, a new group has, has emerged, partly from U.S. Times and members from Shokan, partly from Wild Geese and other groups, Infinite Pew. They are basically the the U.S. time zone alliance in in Minmatar militia, while Ushra Khan is mostly U time zone at this point. And uh, yeah, I mean, I'd say if, compared to a localist primary, we are way less dis, uh, way less organized. Uh, it's more like a, a conglomeration of just people trying to do stuff, and we we haven't managed yet to reach the level of organization and commitment to a certain degree, surely when it comes to fights, for example. So we have never made that big step into the Citadel fighting with like 60, 70 people with a lot of alts on in fleet and whatnot. And that's partly due to just the lack of interest on, on some parts, I guess, and also due to very bad experience with uh, losing a lot of structures to snuffed out multiple times, where it just felt like no matter what we did, we tried to organize, we tried to have comms and whatnot, and then they just came around and, and destroyed anything anyway, everything anyway. Yeah, I, feel, I feel for you guys on, on that. <laughs> yeah, stuff has uh, rolled over plenty of Amar militia too, except for, you know, certain people, but... <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, and that... Oh, go ahead. And that kind of, kind of, basically... Yeah, that, that little plan that was was growing in the sense of structures and whatnot. We did have four, the 40s and whatnot and staged out of them. And we're kind of developing or trying to develop that. And then basically Snuff came and stamped it all out. And everyone was like, ah, oh, fuck that. So and now we're trying to slowly but surely get back into the into the game of, of Citadels. But Control V is clearly superior at this point, at least uh, when it comes to that whole a lot different than flex fighting. It is, yeah. It's and it is way less casual. That's maybe one of the one of the reasons why a lot of our pilots aren't as into it, I guess, or and as motivated because it, it is clear timers. You have to be online at this at this time, and you have to be able to fly this and that ship to, to that degree and whatnot. So that's something that we we always kind of lacked in faction warfare, at least in military faction warfare. Sorry. I'd say um, right now, for for quite some time, actually, I mean, the Amar took the war zone last year. Point Trovi was clearly a better and stronger than Ush. We didn't have as many active members as they did. We didn't clearly have the assets as they did. But ever since then, with the growing of Pew, I think we are, numbers-wise, we are ahead of the, the Amar militia. And at least it's my perspective. I don't know if, if that's true, but at least when it comes to the to the war zone and fighting over plexus, apart from certain systems, it also feels like the Amar, or at least Locus Prime, has lost a bit of interest in in certain aspects of faction warfare. But maybe Eldrith can elaborate on that. But yeah, that is not extending to certain systems, which one of those is uh, the legendary system of Flosses Win. Yes. Mm -hmm. 
I just want to make a make a note, like Harkon, you mentioned wild geese, and back when I was in the Amar militia, before our wild geese, I, I basically fought them every day. Like something that was very different, very cool about the faction warfare lifestyle is that you run into the same people repeatedly, and you like build these rivalries over long periods of time. My my old main rival actually used to be from my current alliance, Electus Matari. My old main rival used to be uh, a pilot by the name of Azazel Draconis, who, along with a few EM people and wild geese, not maybe not always wild geese with them. I fought them separately, kind of, because I had some of my best fights against. I had some of my best fights against EM, and I saw these same people like every day, and it was, it, it was pretty cool. Like, I, I do a lot of. I've done a lot of like null roaming over the last couple of years since I since I initially left faction warfare and like switched sides in joining EM. And sometimes you see people you kind of recognize, but you don't really build. You don't really see the same people. It's really cool about faction warfare. I'm on a plus one that. So I'm, I'm a pirate. I haven't really joined. I mean, I joined faction warfare on an alt, and I think I maybe did it at the very beginning of my gameplay. But yeah. most of the time, I, I solo PvP. And faction warfare space and the plexes and whatnot. And it's actually like really entertaining. So I fought like Ursha Khan a lot. Like a lot of their folks will just come and 1v1 me. And same as a lot of the Amar guys or just the, just the locals. And it's actually like, I feel like that's a, a hidden gem of like low sec faction warfare space that nobody really talks about is eventually you build up these like friendships or people like know who you are. So like, I, I remember there were multiple times where, like, I would try to 1v1 someone, but then there were, like, a fleet of fr- five other frigates. So instead, we'd fleet up, and then we'd go, like, 2v5 and just kind of, like, have fun with it. And it was all, yeah. like, super wholesome, in my opinion. Yeah. Anyway. Speaking of rivalries, Harkon. <laughs> speaking, speaking of all that, you two had a big rivalry during the whole Flosisuan incident. Oh, sorry, wait, wait, wait. Wait, can I ask a quick question? I yes. saw it in chat. So I think Nick was asking, so when you guys do these fleets, are they kitchen sink or do you guys have fleet doctrines similar to like null block? It, it really depends on the intensity at the time and if we have a system stocked. So I know at least for a control V, we try to be in comp as often as possible. We do do a lot of kitchen sink stuff, but that's more kind of roamy or we're just messing around. Or if our opponent is at the time in kitchen sink. But normally for system sieges, you have to be on comp because it you're, one, going to be dying a lot. So you kind of want things to be either on the very survivable side or the very cheap side. And you kind of need to be pre- prepared for that. And then obviously for structure warfare, it's always comp. You never, ever can can go go to a structure fight without a comp. Otherwise, you would just yeah. You have that. doctrines. They're just very different than the doctrines because of yeah. the different Crap. circumstances. All right. I'm sorry um, for interrupting. I just wanted to yeah. ask. Yeah. No. That, no. That's a good question, and that's a question people who might be interested should know. Anyway, there was an event that went down in Flosiswin and the Euclidean constellation. You want to uh, do the whole the whole prelude to that, or just start where the fighting started? Let's do the whole prelude. The context matters. Aldrith, do you want to start? Or? Okay, so so Flossus Okay, so before let me just give a little background of what was going on before. Um, was that basically most players in Faction War around 2018 ish? Early. Okay, the Warzone deal was in 2019, right? 
Yeah. October to 2019 was when it started. Yeah. Okay. So basically, preluding that, basically, okay, in 2019, basically, most players in Faction War had started to feel it was getting really, really stale. There was really big the players then didn't care so much about system occupancy. The well-known pattern of farmers basically just switching sides to you know get the LP of the winning side until it devalues and then switching back and flipping the war zone again was established. Everybody recognized it. It kind of felt like the whole system occupancy system was a sham. So we have to explain what flipping the war zone is for people. Yeah. Um, With the the tier system. Yeah. So, oh boy. (laughs) So basically, loyalty loyalty points are rewarded when you complete a faction warfare complex. Basically, you run down the hammer in one of these complexes. And most of the time, these are completely uncontested because nobody wants to fight for, you know, basically what happens is that either bots, bots or, you know, low-skilled farmer alts run most of these plexes uncontested just for the LP. Not because anybody cares about the system, not because anybody cares about the overall war zone. It's literally just for that incentive. I think a lot of them actually push systems to manipulate the tiers so they can run the missions. Because that's where the real ridiculous stuff is. Yeah, yeah. That's there's we can have all sorts of theories about what really drives it, but from what I've seen yeah, it's mostly alts, AFK people who don't fight for the plexus. You try to fight them for it. They just run as soon as they see you on the direct. Oh, they're like empty there. ships in like yeah. a defensive plex. So this kind of pattern ha- really got people jaded. In 2019, basically a plan had come out from the Amar side, actually, to basically uh... lock out the mission runners from the systems where you can get the missions. You didn't uh, mention the tier system and why that mattered. Oh, like, yeah, be, okay. yeah. So the winning side that's currently winning, there are five tiers of faction warfare like control that you can be in, and the higher your tier, the lower the enemies, and the more LP you get, and the less they get. So by manipulating this tier system, people can make bank, right? And like um, massive waves of farmers flip flopping back and forth. LP values has been a thing for a while. Yep. And like Aldrich said, we can debate exactly what happens, but all right, continue on. Yeah. Okay. So by that time, I think, I forget, I think it was Flying Hot Pocket or somebody from Team America had first proposed it. And I remember, I remember he came to us, Arzia, yeah. um, because we were, you know, kind of the main active people in Pi at the time and they wanted our support. But we said, okay, basically the, the proposal was this, that we would team up with Mimitar Militia and basically willingly exchange occupancy of all the systems that held mission agents for each. So basically, Amar would take all the Mimitar, all the systems that had a tribal liberation force station, and that would lock out, in theory, anybody to run just missions for the LP. Then Ushakan, I think it was the only remaining group at the time, Mimitar Militia, would take all of the Amar systems that had a 24th Imperial Crusade station and that would lock out all the Amar farmers from the missions. 
So basically, everybody sat down, agreed to this, and it would, I think it was supposed to be for six months. I forget how many, or was it three? Hard it, was, it was like till January, I think, right? So yeah, it started three? over. It was started in October, and the idea was to do it for the rest of the then see if CCP would react. Mm-hmm. Right, and actually, this Warzone deal get a lot of attention. I remember something in PC Gamer, like in 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 wider gaming media, got wind of it and like published like, "Oh, this is another rebellion," and those crazy Eve players are doing, you know, something or protest, blah blah blah, you know. So this actually did get some traction and some attention. And we were actually also, with, with Flying Hot Pocket and I think Templar Dane. We were actually here on Talking Station for it. If oh, I remember yeah, correctly. Yeah. yeah, fair enough. So yeah, it also got CCP Delegate Zero, who is the narrative director. And he basically, basically some, some talk about this Warzone deal had reached the in-character forums on the official EVE site with the it it brought to the brought to everybody's attention by uh, somebody here. I forget who it might be. I think I can't remember the name. Deal. Wasn't important. I think. No, no, no. They're definitely a big deal. Just uh, Arzia. I have no idea who you're talking about. Okay. No, yeah. Sorry, it was me. Yeah, it was Arzia. <laughs> Can you repeat the title? The title was very telling. Mm-hmm. Are you looking up the title now of your favorite work? It's actually my second biggest thread on the the forums now, because the one about the Triglavians got bigger. Militia corruption, breaking the deafening silence on dirty deals. (laughs) Yeah. Great. You got a link for that? Toss it so I can share it. So yeah, while you're putting that up, so basically what happened, RZ, who was still a member of Pi at the time, trying to be a good Amarian, was trying to expose this this deal, this kind of collusion between the two militias in an in-character sense. And there was a big debate going on uh, because there was an entire faction of Amar who were against the deal. And we had actually started actively fighting Team Amarica and Ushakan in Arzat to keep this... As, or to Starkman? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, Starkman. App doesn't lie. <laughs> you have to correct me. You you have to expect Aldrith to say say it wrong. So anyway, yeah, we we started a little civil war. At least the people who wanted to keep Arzad in the Mar militia, and we fought each other for a bit. And basically, I think it was Templar Dane or something who appeared on that inter thread and said made it clear that they would shoot a Mar militia trying to retake the system for the Empire. And then CCP Delegate Zero, who controls all the NPCs um, the universe, had a Sarm's personal secretary, House Sarm's personal secretary, appear on the IGS and basically Sarm being one of yeah, the Mar Empire. Yeah, he's he's the 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 royal family that was in charge of the war zone basically at that point. And his secretary appeared on the IGS and said, you're in mutiny against the Empire. I demand that Arzadgin and that we are to launch a reclaiming of a planet in the Mimitar system of Flossuswin. And that this would basically occur at some point in the future. I think it did. And, and it did happen in 
as reflected in the in in universe news about a month or two later. What that means is that the Amara were going to actively start taking slaves in the planet yeah. in the in the system of Flossus Wind. Yeah, on specifically, one of the yeah, the total reclaiming of I think it was Flossus Wind four, right? Yes, uh, yes. Yeah. You should four. know. Yeah, <laughs> I know. All the planets. This, were this is something that wasn't here. generally done. So yeah, it was Fossil Spin 4, where an Amar invasion in within the context of the lore was launched to basically occupy the planet and completely subjugate its populace in the name of the Amar Empire. Obviously, this would be highly upsetting to any Mimitar RP, and Ushakan, as an obsessively Mimitar RP alliance, took it upon themselves to take the system. They ended up breaking the agreement. December? Yeah. So we we really tried not to break the agreement. We really tried. We put up a citadel in it over the planet and said that we would try to defend this, the planet itself, but not touch the system. There was a lot of talk about us being traitors and whatnot. There was actually a, a role-playing event, a moot, as we call it, where all groups of Mimata role players came together and discussed what that means and what we should do. And obviously everyone was pointing at Ushra Khan and being like, ah, you're you're responsible for this. Do something about it while not lifting um, anything to, to actually do it themselves. But the fact was that a lot of the Amar signatories of the agreement had gone silent and have, had stopped logging in. And actually the Amar side of the agreement had kind of collapsed. So that means that we tried to hold it up, but then in early December, we were like, okay, this is not working. We, the, the, the blockade isn't working because the Amar side can't hold up their end of the bargain. It was in a time when the swing came to the Minmata side. That means Minmata had increased farming activity, more, more people that just ran plexus up and pushed systems and were aiming for those faction, for those faction warfare mission hubs. And at start mid-December, we were like, okay, no, we, we can't do this anymore. There's no point in it. So we broke the agreement on our end, but only after it was basically already in, in, in shambles anyway. And we took the system, I think, like a week, a bit more we, uh, um, of a week after the first invasion stuff actually happened on the planet or something like that i can't remember i think okay the evasion started at the end of november of 2019 you took the system back about two or three weeks after in the middle of december mm -hmm. yeah i remember i this is the the time when i actually very well remember the whole timeline and exactly what was going on so um, from the amar side this when Ushakan retook the system of Flossus Wind, this basically cut off the invading armies that were on the surface of Flossus Wind 4, as reflected in the, in the news. So basically, you know, every six to a month or two, we would get an update about what was going on in the context of this war for the planet. And the tides, it, it, it seemed pretty clear to us that the tides would depend on who is able to control the system in space through the faction war mechanics. So basically, a scenario was set, and stakes were given, and this subtly made system occupancy far more interesting than it was, at least for role players. 
Now, I, as an, as a role player, and in fact, someone who's directly tied through my role play to the House of Sarm, this highly interested me because I was actually role playing that my character's family had troops on the surface of the bay, and obviously, an invading army cut off and surrounded on a uh, planet is kind of doomed unless they can either be relieved and reinforced or allowed to escape. So I took it upon myself to start the efforts to rebuild the Amar militia, which had collapsed in the wake of the Warzone deal, because it, one, had turned the Amar militia against itself because not everybody agreed to uh, give up the systems, because some people some people still lived in certain systems that had been agreed to be given up to the Mimtar. They didn't like that. And I was actually one of the ones who actively fought the other Amar militia members who had agreed to do that. And two, it actually ended up killing content, at least PvP content, because fighting Mimitar militia where they would actually care to fight for was off limits. So a lot of people just left the Amar Militia or stopped logging in and stopped playing altogether. So Amar Militia was absolutely in shambles uh, after the Warzone deal. And it was also when the stakes were given for this, plant, this, this system of losses win. So this precipitated basically an eight-month-long struggle for control of the system. And all through that time... Basically, that content for Flossusflin was kind of the seedbed for the rebuilding of Amar Militia and into what it is now, as it's been taken, kind of coalesced into uh, Locals Primary now. So We have the numbers posted from Harthon in the podcast channel on the, the statistics on Flossusflin, with you, the two of you being number one and number two in the system. We, 915 billion killed the time period and yeah. considering like that's like there's like no keep stars like like no fortisars in that that's a lot of a lot, lot of ships right yeah I, I think only a few astras died yeah there's some astra houses but like yeah. there were that, some big fights over that's that like a ship cost right but yeah through that whole time period it was, it was just constant like i was leading fleets almost every day amar militia got some people throughout the campaign to fund us. So there was Saruno Yasavi was a major player who was able to kind of fund us and was able to maintain the structures that we base out of. Edie Loon, who was the leader of Red Sky Morning, which is one of the major Amar uh, faction war uh, corps right now, and they're in Control V as well. Opik Doshu, who was another FC, who led a lot of fleets throughout that time. Also, oh, what was left of Damtasad Arnogard, your old corporation, Arzia. Gamatar, he led a lot of fleets. I remember Abel Trask, he was in it. Ooh, who else? Yeah, DTHG is in the top, top 10 yeah. for that. Yeah, do you, do you remember any prominent names from our side on and maybe you can run down who was leading and and fighting for your side and, and you know kind of organizing things 
it was mostly under under the helm of Ushrakan, as it was the the main group on on the Ushraka, on the Minmata side. Actus Matari joined at the start and then left Faction Warfare after a while to then rejoin. By the way, when it comes to most expensive skills, maybe maybe bought by Isk once and uh, you will see something funny. So it was mostly Ushra Khan and then other groups obviously joined in. A lot of militia members joined the fleets. What was the name? Blights actually had a Faction Warfare group for a while. Suckers. Blood he was around, uh, yeah, but threats, yeah. and he had a he had a small group that came. Pirates came over all the time. There was certain pirate that sided with one side, and then less pirate with the other side. There were some pretty expensive ships being blown all over the place, and uh, yeah, what was from December to I'd say June, I at least the that's the end date I put for that for no, the search. It, the end, I remember this very well. It was July when we finally took in the uh, system, and then we... You're kind of cutting out, Aldrith. For the record, the most expensive kill, Aldrith's pod. Just saying. <laughs> the system fell on the 27th of June, and shortly before that, there was this big fight over the last Minmata in the system. The Oath of Vengeance, as we had called it, and there was a big, big clusterfuck. There was, there was like 300 people or some shit like that, which was for faction warfare purposes was like big, big, big. Both sides feel the dreads. We lost decisively, but we at least tried, I guess. And for, just for the record, tie dye comes a lot faster in low sec because crime watch is still active. So 300 people in low sec, that's a tie dye fight. So just a quick mic check one more time. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yep. Okay, all right, cool. So yeah, yeah, throughout the, the that eight months from December to June, it was just nearly constant fighting. I know I was trying to lead fleets as often as possible almost every day. Harkin was doing the same. And yeah, that year we were definitely each other's rivals when the uh, the year-end video came out. And yeah, that, that last fight at the end where it culminated on Oath of Vengeance, that was one of the biggest fights I've ever seen for purely faction war reasons. But yeah, it was, it was nuts that entire period. It was very, very intense fighting all the time. And it was a lot of fun. Really stressful for the uh, pushers and movers, you know, the the leaders on both sides. But A lot of people sure, had, yeah. to take, had to take breaks after that. And the 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 funny part, the the very interesting part was that the system changed hands multiple times in that period. So we took it in December, and then they retook it in March, first of March. we we took it back a week later. They took it on first of April again. We took it back a bit more than two weeks later, and then we held it for a bit more than two months. And in the end, um, this this rebuilding process was. I think one of the main main reasons why it was so successful was because there was nonstop content in those systems. Yeah. So every new player could just jump in and see explosions, see what faction warfare could be, as in uh, nonstop fighting in plexes and fun. And uh, yeah, that was in my whole faction warfare career, this seven months period or eight or whatever. That's like, this is 
what faction warfare can be. Obviously, I don't want to have that all the time because it is extremely stressful um, and you get you get invested, right? If you if you see the news and everyone was waiting for, okay, we're holding the system. Let's see what the news brings. Are we winning on the planet or not? What What is going on now? That is, can be really intense and that motivates people. But at the same time, it can burn out people if, you, if you're constantly grinding and you constantly, I mean, look at all those stupid kills. And you, it's like mostly frigates and destroyers, I'd say. And the amount of punishers I've killed is, <laughs> I hate punishers. They are everywhere. Yeah, the number of Tristan's. <laughs> and uh, you were actually using Firetails. In the that, was, yeah, that was back in the Firetail area. Yeah, the, they didn't trade well, and you learned quickly after that to <laughs> switch to something else. But yeah, it was nuts. But even more so than that, it also attracted a lot of veteran players, at least the Amar side, because it was suddenly not about, you know, the farmers, you know, dictating the terms of, of the war. It was about us, you know, it was about the PVPers, you know, and actually having to do organized play, really putting effort towards a goal, which was really lacking in Faction War up until that point. And that was why, because we both sides were invested in in, in that storyline or, or at least just the PvP. And it snowballed, you know. I think it was only a few people initially who really cared about the storyline. But then people real, uh, uh, players who were just interested in PvP came and it's like, oh, hey, what's going on over here? And like, oh, no time to explain, just get in fleet. <laughs> and it it just it just snowballed on both sides, I think. At least on the Amar side, it wasn't so much about the RP. Obviously, I cared, and a few other got invested in the storyline later. But it was more about the content, and, and realized like Limitar are fighting over this. Let's fight too. You know, it just goes from there, and you can involve people who are not necessarily um, involved in RP through a lore-based storyline. You know, as long as you know at least some people are involved. A lot of a lot of big fights can come from RPers just starting crap with each other for reasons that non-RPers wouldn't, and then everybody piles in. That's yeah, kind of what happened with the Potsman War, too. Yeah, and the, by the end of it, like most players who are involved have no idea what's going on or why they're doing it. It's just fun. So, yeah, that's accurate for most stuff in the game, right? But it, for for me, one of the important lessons was that it basically showed what faction work could be if there was proper goals set. Because right now, I mean, Omar took their took the war zone for a second time last year. So basically, all the groups have taken it twice, if I'm if I'm correct, and Kaldari um, tries or whatever. So there isn't really that that big goal to push forward for, right? And yeah. I mean... Oh, go ahead. And, the, and the thing about the, the entire system takes is that those generally don't happen with... What usually happens is that one side collapses and then it just becomes, you know, and kind of push over for the other side who are still organized and, and in, intact. Because I know what happened in this, at least in the second Amar take was that you guys were burnt out after Flossus win and after losing all your structures to snuffed and you didn't really have a presence in the war zone anymore because you know 
we had pushed so hard and the pirates had you know blown everything else up <laughs> that you guys were kind of blow burnt out and had to recoalesce and that's part of the reason why we were able to take the war zone i i partly agree yeah it also had to do with with just the the growth and the the that control v came out of the whole forces win thing i think mm -hmm. and different groups in minmill not having the intent or not not seeing the the reason to defend systems or whatnot but from all the warzone takes i'd say that the last amar one was at least the most contested because at least we had something like the bosburger siege right where there right. was a lot of fighting in in all of the takings before that there was no such thing that was basically like small groups trying to defend certain systems but that's that again so it shows what what is possible if there is some kind of narrative behind it some kind of of aim for both sides right and it doesn't need to be a big one for everyone because if a few people are committed to it then it just spirals as as Aldra said right so if we had systems matter as in for example with a frontline system just saying then fights would culminate in those systems because right now it's just the players as in the Membata and Amar militia members that give system because we live there for so and so long. We held the system for so and so long. The system was picked as our home system back in 2014 or whatever. That's the reason why fights happen. Because other than that, the, the owning of a system doesn't really give you much. And the narrative made people care and the fights made other people care. And that's exactly. what happened with Flossus when and it was like the biggest fighting in faction warfare ever i mean it just took one one little angry po forum post and yeah, then like it, one it or took two basically posts. a deal like a deal and a shit post yeah and that's that's what it takes and i mean i don't know who paid those 900 billions but they exploded and it was a lot of fun and that is the lesson that can be learned from it right if there is some kind of incentive, some kind of, of like, this is the goal or this is an important system because you needed to do X, Y, Z, right? Then shit can happen. And that's currently lacking again. And what is actually happening right now is that Minwatar decided, oh, hey, news say that they might invade again or they are already at it. I don't know. Hard to say. We're going for forces win again. So... People are right now fighting over Floss's wind while we are wasting air here. And that means that there's content, but it is created by people that care about the system and to a certain degree, obviously, of people that care about the pew pew. But it is player driven as in we give it meaning. We, we decide which system we're actually going to fight about. Is there any mechanically that you think CCP should be doing or institute that would support what y'all would and just kind of like your top one or two items i mean that's a huge kind of uh, sorry one more time mic check hello that's what yeah, yeah it is kind of a huge can of worms but you know like i've heard a number of folks mention you know campaigns instead of take this one system maybe it's a series that have to be done that flips multiple things and just want your ideas on that yeah Okay, so there's been so much discussion on potential faction warfare mechanics changes over the years that it's 
it's all become kind of a weird slush. <laughs> but one of the major themes that keeps on recurring to give the war zone some kind of sense of direction and an actual flow rather than just like, oh, everything's Mimitar now. Oh, everything's Amar again. I don't know what's going on or why, but, you know, whatever is the frontline system where basically you can only take the system uh, take systems that are adjacent to a system that your faction owns or maybe having only certain constellations be vulnerable at a certain time so you can maybe not concentrate fighting in just one or two systems or you know maybe the five or six that are bordering your enemy but the constellations, and then once an entire constellation gets secured, then it gets locked, and then the next constellation next becomes the contested zone. It's it's mainly about providing goals, because the thing is that as it is right now, major fights only happen when both sides happen to decide Ostom is, is important for whatever reason, and that does not happen that often, or at least not as often as it should. Because it's only maybe a few times a year where major systems, uh, where major system siege ha- uh, sieges happen, and kind of us in the faction war PvP community, kind of want that option to be around all the time at least. So I don't know. It's it's something CCP would have to work out to focus the attentions of the uh, FW players so that we actually get into scraps and we care about them. It's it's a complicated can of worms. So, well, yeah, because it would be making the terrain important again. Somebody who doesn't like the tier system and think it's counterproductive asks you two, what do you think of the tier system? So, tiers, okay. I think as it is right now, it's ridiculously punishing to those who are losing. And that is part of the I reason think, why it yeah, drives Exodus's, you know. It, like, uh, encourages people to pile into the winning side yes. and that's like the opposite of what you want exactly you want kind of some kind of balance at least for the, uh, the pvp side of it yeah i mean but what it ends up doing is that it just advises the people who are interested in to pile onto the winning side which just overwhelms all the people who actually want to fight and it kind of makes it kind of rips away the entire concept of the system ownership from pvpers and puts it in the hands of people who are just devaluing our loyalty points, our ostensible rewards for participating in the system. So we don't even get to reap the major portion of the rewards for you know this system, you know, because we're busy fighting. Uh, and when you're fighting, you're not making LP necessarily. You know, you're sharing it with whoever is in the plex with you, or you're not doing the missions, so you don't you don't end up accumulating nearly as much as these, you know, farmers do. So, so you are kind of cheated out of the system by its very nature and it sucks and nobody likes it. So no. Yeah. One of the things that I support is just kind of something kind of similar to how there's the dynamic bounty system, but like very, very recent PVP activity would like massively push up the amount of LP for specifically plexing. So people in fleets would get, like at least equivalent LP to solo flexing. And I think that's something that like desperately needs to be added. Aldrith has given some input. So Harkon, do you have, do you have anything to say about any of the stuff that's been said recently? 
Well, first for the for the front-end system, I brought it up as well. Alred talked about it. Yeah. Hundreds of people have brought it up. the The problem is also that over the years the population has just decreased. So there's a lot of systems where there's no one living there. There's no one active there. So that's a perfect farming ground for just people and partly bots that just farm LP. And for me, it's it's not necessarily that I get cheated out of everything, of any income or whatever. I, I don't care too much about that aspect, though I understand that some people do. It's more like you don't have control over the war zone because you know that stupid app and tight system will come into play. And sooner or later, no matter what you do, you're going to lose systems or you're going to burn out trying to chase off all the farmers, which people tried over the years. Multiple times we had a little campaign at the start of the year with Esteros just hunting Kaldari farmers that were farming our systems. But that you can't do that over a long period of time. And so you just feel like it doesn't matter what you do. You can only ever be like, okay, we want to keep this, 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 and that system. And the rest, well, we'll see. Maybe we can hold a few more, but those are the systems we care about and we're going to defend those. And that just feels bad. And if there was some kind of frontline system, you could be like, okay, if we defend this one system, those 10 systems behind it are, are safe. There's no way farmers can just flip it behind us. We just have to defend that one system to save 10. And so it is very important that that system is held. And that means both sides can actually have proper fights there. And as Eldris said, right now, it's more or less, uh, hmm, do we care about the system enough to fight over it? Or will we just let it go and maybe retake it later? I think what Harikan just said is really important. Because as somebody who has spent a lot of time in faction warfare now, some on both sides, one of the reasons why I like roaming so much is because a lot of times you do just feel like I can't freaking do anything farmers I'm just gonna like lose so and so right unless I somehow stay up 24 7 and play play uh, whack-a-mole and it's it's just it's it's really frustrating and like takes away the agency of the players who actually care about the the fighting and the, the war zone control. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's that added precipitated the entire war zone deal, you know, which was part. You broke up again. Yeah, you, you died. Oh, no. no, I did not mute the Amar guy. Though I would understand it. Oh, maybe I did. Let me check. No, he's fine. I think it's just yeah. his headset problems. How do you FC with that headset? I was about to ask. Did we reach the system to a guy that cuts out every 20 seconds? No, it's it's the laptop that I've been playing on for four years. It's uh, the headset jack is messed up. But anyway, yeah. Where were we? Okay, LP system, frontline system. Yeah, so yeah, basically, as it is now, it's part of the reason why the whole Warzone deal coalesced and became a thing. It was partly a uh, a protest towards CCP to say, hey, you know, there's very clear and obvious flaws in this faction war system. It's part of the reason why so few people in your game are taking part of it, and yet we still have this dedicated subset of players who are in it for the PvP and enjoy it very much because the PvP can be very enjoyable. The problem is, is that it's not enjoyable frequently enough because what has to happen 
is both sides have to decide we want to stand and fight here. And that doesn't happen enough as is. Hello? Yes, yeah, you're okay. good. we heard that. Most processing. Okay. <laughs> that was one of those conversation ending remarks. No, but that was no, no good, good thoughts. That's yeah, for sure. Pretty much full agreement. Yeah, so basically, I mean, it doesn't necessarily matter what CCP comes up with if there's another system to kind of solve that problem. But basically, you need to make sure both sides want certain places and that we're fighting towards those same goals. And one, don't punish the losers so horrifically that they basically can't make a living after they lose. And don't reward the winners so much that everybody just piles onto that for the sake of it. What you want is a system that encourages even sides fighting for the same things, you know? And if CCP can figure that out, I think faction warfare would be a much better place. Which yeah. is especially especially important because it is an entry for a lot of new players. It is it can be something for casual players, it can be some something for really con competitive players there's room for all of those players and also for new bros that just joined the game and want to learn how to pvp or industrialists from high sec that that join and be like okay i'm gonna try pvp where do i go faction warfare because compared to null sec you're usually not one out of 100 people that presses the button at the right time and that's your contribution which i don't want to look down on that or anything it's a gameplay that people enjoy it's fine but here you're part of like 20 people maybe even 10 maybe five and you are really making an impact you can make an impact even with smaller groups and as a newer player and that is something that should be cultivated because it is actually a perfect entry into the pvp area of the game you can move on to null sack or whatever wormhole what do you want but that entry level is something that ccp should actually be it could be the kindergarten for, for EVE Online, but it is not. And it hasn't seen much love, at least from my perspective. And the only thing that happened recently was basically after the whole whole well, conspiracy against CCP by trying to block those mission running systems, that they re reduced the income for LP a bit and did some shenanigans with Plexus. But the whole system wasn't changed. Do you think CCP will have that in the short term? Because I know... I feel like since I've been playing this game since 2014, 2015, everyone's been asking for a Faction Warfare rework. That's like almost a decade later and no one's seen it yet besides the little things here and there. Yeah, I can speak for most people on the Mars side. We're very jaded about the prospects. Like we did get a very nice update and tweaking that had all the changes that they made maybe what it was one or two years ago, I think. Yeah. Uh, where they where they yeah. added like the suspect timer for entering yeah, CCP did some extremely good uh, tweaks, but that's all they were. They were just tweaks. So it, it's better than it was before that whole thing, but it's going to take more effort on their part to make it into a system that is really engaging for both new players and veteran players. Because uh, I, I, as a veteran player, really like faction war i have i actually enjoy I, I actually started playing eve for faction warfare because the storyline was gripping they had some really good trailers for its introduction but the system itself is unfortunately still lacking and it could be a lot better and it could not just be a kindergarten for new 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 players getting into pvp but 
a competitive, serious place for people to stay, make an entire Eve career out of, and start, you know, reaching the pinnacles of Eve gameplay, which is, you know, capitals and controlling oh. space and, you know, making tons of money. All right, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take exception to that. As someone who's done Small Gang and No War, and I have not done Faction, so, you know, take it for what it's worth. I do not consider what y'all are doing as kindergarten. That, to me, is the zenith of the small gang, small warfare. Oh, yeah. I've, been, I've been that F1 monkey, and I've run fleets and no. You know, that's, so, you got one guy playing and, and 50 pushing F1. I much prefer what y'all are, see, what I'm seeing y'all do. So, oh, like, yeah. What, I, what always stands out to me in the fights in faction warfare, look, is that there's so many different kinds of people who show up. There's the new players. There's the veteran players. There's the like elite nano gang 360 no scope people. There's the super organized pirates that show up and duck, and duck on everyone. It's just like, it reminds me of that meme that Odysseus Alakar made uh, with like the city owner. And then like, he, they're just being shocked at all these different groups of people dancing that are showing up to the fight. And it's it's like very rarely just the two two sides involved. It's oftentimes like four or five sides, isn't it? Yeah, especially as as groups get bigger, you know, uh, the more people you have, the more friends you're going to have too, because everybody has been everywhere. So, yeah, there's there's definitely an element of that. And then, as you get into bigger PvP, you kind of make friends with some pirate groups to go against other pirate groups. Like I know right now, Control V is uh, teaming up with Baltrum's group and fighting Shadow Cartel a lot. So, yeah, there's there's lots of options for general low-sec activity as well, which is what that is. Just as a clarification, right? I, when I said kindergarten, I didn't mean that everyone in Faction Warfare is a noob and sort of. Oh, and yeah, I was yeah. more referring to... It can be a very good entrance level. And as I said before, you can have the hardcore players, you can have the casual players. It's it's a very good environment to just learn the ropes and then decide, do you want to stay? Yeah. Do you want to stay? Do you want to want to commit to Faction Warfare Small Gang or whatever it is? It is. But just on that entry level, think about the opportunity to just join an NPC corp. You don't have to join a null-sec block and do, do, move all your stuff out. You can just stage out of an NPC station in Faction Warfare, even one jump and be in, in the fights. And that's something that, is, that should be cultivated and made into something better than it currently is. And as Elvis said, there is people that, that love Faction Warfare. Otherwise, we wouldn't be talking about 2014 when, or, or even before that when people joined, right? But it's so. you can only grind so long before you get somewhat delusional. And when it comes to changes in the, in the near near future, I thought we all travel to Iceland to make sure that that happens, right, Asia? Yeah, that's that's why we're gonna get together and take out our torches and pitchforks and and yeah. yeah we all and know that's the uh, response to me. <laughs> So I think it's really important that it's it's attractive to both veterans and new players because the new players kind of need the veterans to learn from. I think um, speaking of like trying to get change from CCP, I remember one, I don't know if it was FanFest or Vegas, but 
wormholer, like a thick stack of postcards that said had CCP's at like office address on it, and it said, "Please add Alliance bookmarks." And so then people just had to stamp it and mail it, and like within a year we had Alliance bookmarks. So maybe you guys could try that. Yeah, I don't know if we'd see action within a year, but. What you call it? The accessless bookmarks, which are even better yeah. than Alliance bookmarks. Yeah, it was like, like players like if you actually like have like a tangible change that all of CCP can see. Like I know CCP watches this podcast, but like having mail show up at their place, or I don't know, Google Doc explaining stuff. Like usually they, they kind of listen, and I know Arcia and other CSM of the past have been begging, essentially probably begging CCP for faction warfare changes. So hopefully we see something. So you're saying we don't have to burn something down. Oh, I mean, pitchfork is very symbolic, though. Better, better be not, sure, right? I mean, yeah, it's better yeah. safe than sorry, Aljeth. Hmm. Okay. So you coming to Iceland with us? I might think about it. It's in May, right? Yes. I don't know. Maybe I'll see. I know we're like twenty minutes from the two-hour mark, and you guys said you only had two hours for this. This has gone. This has been really informative. It does not feel like we've been streaming for two hours. I feel like we've covered so much. Yeah, it's been a good time. Anything else we should talk about? Or, I don't know, where, where things are right now, maybe? Or what's going on for the future? Yeah, um, yeah go ahead. Yeah, I've got a question for, for all of you FW folk. If a newer player or an older player wants to get involved... I think the best thing you should do, um, if, this is what I would do if I was just getting into it, is I would look at the kill boards for the faction that you want to join for whatever reason. Or, you know, if you're not sure which faction, look at all of them. And then just see who are the top killers. Who, you know, exactly where the fights are going. On. Yeah, which exactly systems... Yeah, wh which systems are the most active in your time zone? which corps are the most active in your time. And then you just start talking to the people. Like either join the NPC corp initially alone. Introduce yourself properly to kind of the, the shakers, the, some of the CEOs or some of the FCs. Because the thing is, is that people going straight into the NPC corp are oftentimes uh, very looked upon with a lot of suspicion and sometimes outright hostility. Because they think that either they're just farmer or they're a spy alt or something like that. Do you actually have to kind of do your research and talk to people and gain people's trust before they might let you into their faction war corp, especially if they're on the higher end of things? Because, you know, they have a lot of assets they want to protect and they don't want to get, you know, ganked by whatever entity you might be spying for. So I'd say look for who are the best players and the most active players start talking to them and say hey well I, i'm interested in this for this reason would you like to recruit me or should or can you point me towards somebody else and if you're a spy please bring good content <laughs> and if, if you're a spy you can just apply to kia they take everyone that's basically what whatever said but i think for the most part you don't have to have this like barrier in front of you can you can you can join the npc corp and most fleets at least i'm talking for for minmatar i'm not sure but i would think it's the same for galanti kalari and and amar most fleets are somewhat open to militia so you just join the fleet and if you earn the trust in just flying with the fleet just 
having fun with the others uh, shouldn't be too hard to join a group. But in general, you should definitely sooner or later join a group because it helps a lot with logistics. They can help you with fittings. They can help you with a lot of things that you, if you try to figure that alone, risk of just being overwhelmed by. So yeah, joining a group is a good thing. But again, being in, in a TLF or in the Crusade or whatever the other two are called that are over there um, is can be fun as well. And you can you can have that casual gameplay of joining open fleets, doing some pew pew and then logging off again. Nice. You're gonna go join Faction Warfare, Nick? Now? Not today, but the thought is there. Galanti can surely need some help. Yeah, Galanti are actually uh, on the offensive right now, so they're. I think uh, Caldari have been suppressing their war zone for uh, a good six months now, and now the Galanti are just starting to claw back. It's a good time feels, to join. Feels feels longer than six months, man. That was really really odd. Oh yeah, the the swings this time around have been very strange. There's something going on with this with the normal way the 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 war zone was working. Like in the Mar militia, uh, uh, a Mar Mimitar war zone generally lasts about six months for each side. This last turnaround has only been about three. So I don't know. Maybe it's because CCP is cracking down more on bots, or I don't know. Maybe just interest has waned so much or somebody is actively manipulating the war zones or something. I don't know what's going on. But. I've definitely noticed some of the big farmers from from years past have kind of disappeared. Like the pings. Like you haven't seen the mm-hmm. pings around, have you? They used to farm yeah. twenty three and a half seven for like years, flipping back and forth. And whenever yeah, and all- you came at them, they just put an exclamation point in local. Yeah, and and honestly, we all suspected players like this of like doing real real money transactions, yeah. and you know, just generally things are against CCP's terms and conditions, and they might have just gotten banned. We don't know. So <laughs> I don't know. Maybe CCP is cracking down on these things more because I know there was a whole series of bots that were in coercers for a good year. Now they've all disappeared. Now they're all in Tristan's. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they have to work up to that course. Yeah. It is an interesting time. So when we're looking at the war zones right now, as, as mentioned by Aldrith, the Galanti have been on the defensive for quite some time. They'd actually lost the whole war zone round about time as we did, but had a very hard time to crawl back from that. And um, both Minmatar and Galanti are currently on the upswing from, from the looks of it. So we're we're in T3 now, I think tier four, uh, whoever is doing that. And yeah, I think it's going to be the same with the Galanti soon. They're going to take more systems. But we are only focusing on a certain system that we talked about a bit. Oh, earlier. yeah. Yeah. So, okay. So right now, what's going on? Uh, actually, right before this program, I was uh, in a fleet in Flosses Win fighting Nimitar, same old. <laughs> but yeah, it looks like Ushkan at least has uh, launched a major offensive against uh, Fossilswim. And it's right next door to where Local's primary mainly bases, which is Asset. So it's going to be a major point of contention going forward. We have both stocked Tuxin comps. We're fighting every night, every day. It's pretty much constant, <laughs> as long as we have enough numbers to contest each other. As soon as this ends, I'm probably going to go back and uh, start FCing. So, yeah, 
come and check it out and start looking into it. That's good to know. We do have a lot of folks in chat who are either in Faction Warfare could potentially join. What's up? What was that? I said we do have a lot of folks in chat who are either in Faction Warfare or could potentially join, too. Oh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. So I think, unless, Arcia, you have any other topics or these folks want to ask anything else, I think that winds down our, our Faction Warfare discussion. Yeah, I think that's pretty good. Do you guys have any... What's up? I was going to say, we could obviously go into, like, specifics of stuff for, like, ever, but I think that's a really good general overview from start to finish. That was awesome. I feel like we needed this to be, like, its own show rather than, you know, part of the Sunday show because we could talk about so much. Well, there's so much much I've learned from it, you know, because I'm not a faction war guy, as you all know, but hearing about it really gets me kind of stoked to go, like, Load up some antimatter and deal with somebody, especially those Amar bastards. Oh, I'm glad. I'll answer you mercilessly. <laughs> I meant it with all love, brother. <laughs> oh, of course. I mean it too. I love it when try to, people try to kill me. All right. So I know if you guys, if you guys have any final thoughts, we can continue the show to cover more general news, but that way you guys can share. And then if you have to go do other things, you're more, more than welcome to take off. Okay, so I mean, I guess in conclusion, Faction War, it is a flawed system. But those of us who do take part of it, part part in it, and have a passion for it, have, you know, kind of mostly figured out the ways around it, how to avoid a burnout and all that. And we do have a lot of PvP available. And if it's not going to be the other militia, it is low sec. So we do have, you know, everybody in low sec to PvP against. So, and we do that quite uh, frequently. McCall Vector is a very good FC, and uh, he runs a tight ship on uh, in Control V, uh, locals. And we do have a lot of fun. We've been getting into much bigger fights lately with pirate entities as well. We do fight the friendly people over at Ushikan and Harkin Thorson as well, quite frequently. And there's slots open from the bottom to the top. So, yeah, come and have fun. Faction War is great. It can be both, but it is great. So yeah, thanks. And for you, what is your last take? Harkon Thorson, my best buddy in the entire world. That is definitely not true, but yeah, my take. So I just said most of it. it. Faction Warfare can be really, really funny. It can be all the things you're looking for in EVE, all the the excitement, all the 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 feel of satisfaction when you actually reach a certain goal. And if it's only taking that one stupid system that everyone is talking about, it can be very fulfilling. It can obviously be frustrating. It could be even better. But in general, it is where a lot of fun could be had. So join up. Side is more or less irrelevant. That's the word. So come and join Faction Warfare. Alrighty, thank you both. So that was our Warfare discussion for the Sunday show. We There's a, been a lot of news the last couple weeks. I know we were on last week, but next week we'll try to catch up on all of it. Some of the news is more timely. Some of it is more, say, hot topic drama-y than I would like, but we'll, we'll continue. So I hope to see everyone there. Thank you all for coming. Thank you, Arcia, for ru- essentially running the show because you're the expert. And then both Aldrith and Harkon for hanging out and sharing their Faction Warfare. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Thank you.